Hi, this is Michael. And this is Jill. And this is Townhouse of of Terror. Terror. Welcome to episode seven. Thanks for joining us. This is episode seven of our discussion of 31 horror movies in the month of October. Wow. Not including the bonus episodes and fun stuff like that, but... That's a lot. We've watched a lot. Yes, we have. We certainly have. I'm losing count. I was just going to say the same thing. It's a movie after movie, and sometimes during the day, if we Mm -hmm. can't do it at night or the nights when we're recording. I'm ready to to jump into this. I've got nothing else to say. I'm incredibly full. We had a big dinner, Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling lethargic. Yeah, I'm a little... I'm a little migrainey, so... So this is going to be a great episode, folks. <laughs> the great thing is, is that you've had some drinks. Mm-hmm. I've had my migraine medicine, so it's going to be top-notch. We are a top-notch operation. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. Right. Here we go. Okay, give me a smile. Gina, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost in my life. <laughs> There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. I'm stuck! I can't breathe! Okay, Sarah, you have to calm down. I'm coming, I'm coming back! Okay? Okay. The Descent is a 2005 film that's the story of six adventure seeker friends who take on an excursion to a remote cave system. Once there, they quickly discover that they do not have a map and they are not alone. Written and directed by Neil Marshall and starring Shauna McDonald and Natalie Mendoza among the cast, it's a nail-biting, never-a-dull-moment movie of terrifying proportions. Dude, <clears throat> I was not expecting this. I I didn't know much uh, I didn't know anything about it and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> literally? Not literally, but uh yeah, it just was really I you know, I think it just made me anxious because spaces yeah. like that scare me anyway. They could have just been going caving exactly. and I would have been scared. Period. <laughs> That, I just felt claustrophobic the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, something like that gives me a lot of scary feelings. And, (laughs) yeah, so we didn't even need the the creatures that ended up being down there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that just added into it. Um, But there's so much more happening in this that also adds to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the relationship between some of the women, uh, the main woman um sarah her husband and daughter died the year before Mm -hmm. in a horrible accident a car accident that she was in with them and she keeps seeing her daughter's ghost then she has an awkward relationship with one of the the women who one of them had an awkward relationship with her husband yeah so we think there was probably Oh, there was weirdness going on there. And so there was just so much awkwardness. Yeah. However, I do think that most of it's six women who are all like these badass 
athlete women, mm-hmm. and which also makes me very anxious. <laughs> <laughs> what made you anxious about that? I'm just like, I don't relate to that oh, right. like sporty spice world, and so I was just like, oh, they're just all going, they're enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> How dare them? How dare them? It, um, yeah, so there was just a lot that I was on pins and needles about the whole time. Did you see anything? I know you hadn't seen it, and you I guess you hadn't really heard of it. Did you see the creatures coming? Did you expect that at all? Or I did not expect them. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I knew something would be down there, okay. but I didn't know what. I thought it was going to be another person, mm. like just a wild, crazed mountain folk who was living down there. <sighs> Did not think they were going to be these weird alien-looking, I don't know. How do you describe them? I mean. They kind of look like vampires. Yeah. I really, I like this movie. I, I saw it. I saw this movie in the theaters. And there was, I remember there being a lot of hype around this movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was pretty scary. Yeah. I can see why. Like, I understand the hype uh, because I think, especially then, too, in 2005, it was a unique film mm-hmm. for the time. I love that it was a group of women. You truly could see their camaraderie, that they loved each mm-hmm. other, that they were pals. And I I really liked that the night before they went down in the cave, they all partied and just caught up, and it was great. But also, I now my anxiety aside, I thought that they were pretty amazing yeah. um, doing what they were doing, and that it was all women. I I just thought it was super cool. They didn't need to have a head male character, right. you know, as their lead down there. So. Let me ask you this, because I, I was wondering about this as I watched it again, and I think this comes with the territory of horror movies, because a lot of times it's not common for a horror movie to have a huge budget or to have um, like a super famous cast, mm-hmm. and I think because of that, sometimes we do get movies where we maybe don't recognize most of the cast members, mm-hmm. and we don't always get great actors. Um, I felt... Like at times where this isn't the best, these aren't the best actors. Mm. Did you feel that ever? Um, Did that bother you at all? There were there was only one character that I felt that way, and that was with Juno. Yeah, I, that's who I was thinking of specifically. I thought Sarah was excellent. I did like Sarah. I thought Juno was just playing it up a little too much. And I just, I'm just gonna put it out there. I could not stand her Mm -hmm. she is why they got into the mess that they got into. well you're not supposed to like her i think too but it sucks like there's you know like somebody's got to have some kind of something that you like about him and it's like she just sucks like why why in the world if you are somebody who understands how all this works would you be so arrogant to think that you're going to take a bunch of all your friends down there without a map just because mm-hmm. you decide you don't want to and you want everybody to work together. And then she accidentally kills a friend and doesn't yeah. help her or say anything. It's so. she's she sucks. And we, we think she had an affair with Sarah's husband. Right. So Well, we're set up to not enjoy her. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it just sucked. 
I liked how it was shot. I felt like it was very claustrophobic in feeling. Mm. I'm sure some of this was shot in actual caves, and I'm guessing some of it was maybe sets, but it just felt very authentic. Yeah, um, it did. It never really led up. I mean, that scene when they when they were crawling and there's a little bit of the, what do you call that, the cave-in? Sarah! Guys, it's Sarah! I think she might be stuck! All right, Sarah, calm down. Just relax. Uh, uh, I can't fucking relax. Fuck. Fuck. Okay, Sarah, you have to calm down. And the only way you're going to do that is to breathe, yeah? Okay, breathe. Slowly. Just keep breathing. What the fuck am I? I can't... Uh, I can't I can't fucking breathe. Uh, okay, listen to me. Just, just listen to my voice, yeah? Okay, fuck the rope back. Okay, move now! Now! Oh my god, I hate stuff like that. I hate yeah. the thought mm -hmm. of crawling on my stomach through like a tight space. No, yeah. I I have no interest in being places like that. I don't like I it. I did that one time. You did? did not, well, yeah, when I was like a kid, but I didn't Ew, like it. Is that called spelunking? I don't know. We're not spelunkers here, folks. <laughs> no. No, we're not. <laughs> it is interesting. We watched a movie last night that we won't talk about yet where there is a similar kind of like one by one being picked off that happens sometimes in these movies. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's kind of like the survival of the fittest. Yeah. Um, until we get to the ending, which is one of two ending choices. And originally when I saw this in the movie theater, this is the ending I saw, but the original UK cut had a different ending. We ended up watching both of them. Mm -hmm. Which ending do you prefer? Oh, the American version. Do you like the American one? Yeah, definitely. Why don't you explain what happens in the UK version in case some of our listeners have not seen it? Sure. So in the UK version, the same thing happens. She gets out of the cave. She gets into the car. But then she wakes up like she's been knocked out and she's still in the cave and has to figure out how to get out. So the difference is that she's dreaming in the second version. And I, I like, like the UK that. version better. Of course you do. But it's because it's darker, and that's why they cut it. Because she's not just she's not trying to figure out; she's hallucinating. She's seeing her daughter, and then as it pans out, and you see the thousands of creatures descending on her. Yeah, it is. It's terrifying. already dark enough. The yeah. whole thing is dark. Everybody except for her dies. Well, she dies too. After that, for we sure. don't know that. Well, if she did, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. Because in the first, in the original, or because in the American ending, she pulls over, throws up, and then sees the ghost of Juno, and then it just mm -hmm. ends. Yeah. So is the ghost going to kill her? If that's the case, no. right, so she's out. She's fine. But in the UK, she sees the ghost of Juno, and then she's, that scares her out of her No, she sleep. sees the ghost of her daughter. Doesn't oh, she? it doesn't. No, I thought she saw Juno. No, her daughter brings a birthday cake. Remember? In the car. 
Oh, wait. No, she sees the ghost of Juno <laughs> in the car. And then she snaps back and she's in the cave with her daughter. Right. Okay. Hallucinating. Okay. But then we see all the creatures coming. Yeah. I'm going to... My version is that she gets out. Okay. But, dude, she's going to have a rough go at things. I don't really have much else to say. I really like this movie, though. Yeah, same here. Uh, it was... Uh, I, I was definitely nervous the whole time, but I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I'm going to give it three stars. Okay. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, comfort it in chocolate and a miracle or two? The Candyman. The Candyman can. Candyman can. Pasi mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Candyman is a 1992 supernatural slasher that tells the story of Daniel Robitelli, an artist and son of a slave who was murdered in the late 19th century. Now a ghost with a hook attached to the bloody stump of his arm, he can be summoned by saying his name five times into a mirror. Jill, was this just another dated slasher, or did the Candyman, 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 Candyman get his hook into you? He did. He did. Yes. And I think it's because I grew up in the 80s hearing stories like that as a kid. (laughs) And that has never gone away for me. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a vivid memory of seeing this probably 1995 on VHS tape. I had it at my house and I had some friends over and we watched it. And we were scared and, you know, we went into the bathroom right away and dared each other to, to do that. (laughs) <laughs> do that being say his name five times right spoiler alert nothing happened but. <laughs> the one the one that I was always afraid of was Bloody Mary mm-hmm. same concept yeah same thing but yeah it was um, there were things that rubbed me the wrong way mm-hmm. um, but for the most part I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and it was a cool 90s horror film mm-hmm this movie premiered at the Toronto Film Festival at their Midnight Madness screening. And I've been to the Toronto Film Festival and I've been to the Midnight Madness screenings. And man, I wish I could have seen this then and there because it's just the perfect audience for that. Everyone's expecting something crazy. I haven't seen any sequels again. This is a movie that has a ton of sequels to it. Mm. Um, but this movie does hold up in a lot of ways. Um, but I do feel it's dated. Mm. I do feel it's dated. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, that's just, that's the nature of, any, you know, any movie that, you know, even the great ones can feel dated, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah. but I feel like you can look, you, I can watch that and, and kind of separate that just because I know, you know, that it was a different time. Right. What are some of the things that made it feel dated for you? Movies from specific times, like the 90s, early 90s, just look a certain way. Mm. And it's it just makes it feel that way. Some of the acting choices, some of the special effects, and little things like that. 
for me, a couple of the things that were a bit dated were just the the way that they portrayed uh, black folks mm-hmm. in the area that they were in, in Cabrini Green. Mm-hmm. It just felt really um, stereotypical, mm-hmm. and I did not like that at all. And she actually makes reference in one of the scenes where she's walking with her friend after she's her eyes been punched Mm -hmm. um and she says something like well if it hadn't been a white woman who got beat up in there then like they wouldn't have come in right there were just moments where i felt like okay this Mm -hmm. is stereotypical and borderline racist well yeah and the fact that it's like a white woman and (laughs) i don't know it just there were things that rubbed me the wrong mm-hmm. way for sure. And she just like went into these places and was like, I can yes. do whatever I want. Yep. Like it just was gross. Well, the director and the producers were um, trying to be sensitive about that. I agree with you, but I, um, they were trying to be sensitive about that. And they actually did shoot in Cabrini green and some of the actors were residents there. Mm-hmm. And they, before shooting, they actually gave the script to the NAACP to get their blessing Okay. Um, and they, Good. a lot of, I guess, the film production group of the NAACP were, were excited about it. They, he did have, it was a white director directing mm-hmm. this. Um, and there were some black directors who were critical of it when it came out. Mm-hmm. However, Jordan Peele just produced the new version of this with a black female director. Ooh. That was supposed to come out this year, but obviously COVID happened. So... It will be released in 2021, and I am very excited about that. Oh, that is exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to see that version. Here's what I wanted, and here's what I want. I want that background story mm-hmm. of what happened to him. I don't want the, you know, I want the original story. Or and Again, I haven't seen any of these sequels. Maybe we saw that happen. But that's, you know... When they would talk about his origin, I wanted to see that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is an important part of the story. At the very end, when you realize, and he says, it was you, it was always you, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my God, and that, she just was born for this or destined. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did love how she became a candy lady (laughs) at the end. You know, yes. and even how Xander Berkeley, I can't remember his character name, but I love that. Now. He's such a sleazeball, but I like him in a lot of movies. The guy who played her husband. Oh, God. Um, I, I just, I thought it was clever because he's, you know, having a breakdown and feeling regret and stuff. And he says her name five times in the mirror, but it didn't come across like, oh, he was trying to do it. Yeah. It was just, I thought that was really cool. The opening credit sequence to this is incredible. That shot, that steady shot overhead, mm-hmm. um, flying over Chicago. Yeah. With the um, oh, who did the score? I can't think of his name. Philip Glass. Yes. The score in this movie is great, but that shot. So that was uh, Skycam. I guess they use that in the NFL now, but it felt very David Fincher or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it, but like I just I yeah. picked that out. I just did such a gr- it was like this really great ominous kind of voyeuristic, mm-hmm. you know, look of somebody flying over Chicago or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about those bees, though? Ooh. 
Remember the scene when Tony ta- or when Candyman had all the bees in his mouth? Yes. That was real. Those are real bees. What? He wore a dental dam so they would not fly down his throat. Oh my god. And in his contract, he had a clause that every time he got stung, he would get $1,000. Oh. And over the course of the all the movies he did, he got stung 20 times. So, he got $20,000 just wow. from getting stung. He should have asked for more. <laughs> and Virginia Madsen was hypnotized to do those scenes because she couldn't handle it. Whoa. That's wild. That's crazy. I don't think I could do that. I oh, could not put bees in my mouth. No. No. I, you know, that's pretty cool that they went ahead and did that, though, and that none of that was fake. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, did you know that originally it was going to be Sandra Bullock? Instead of Virginia Madsen. Really? Yeah. That could have worked. Could have. But I think Virginia Madsen was great. I do too. I do too. She's also like, I don't love her character, you know? Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's because she's this white woman who kind of has this arrogance about her Mm -hmm. of going into an African-American community and just trying to do, you know, just being, I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. And not listening to her black friend exactly. who is like, please, this is a really mm-hmm. bad idea. And she's like, whatever, we're fine. Exactly. Just really was irritating. But man, there were some, there were some scary parts here. Yes. Oh, well, I think the first, the first point where I realized that she was like being used by Candyman mm-hmm. was in the mom's apartment yeah and you're like oh my god what did she do yes and then then you're like okay okay she didn't do it but what happened here Mm -hmm. and that's when things start to escalate and then when they find you know her friend dead in her apartment and she's holding a knife oh my god oh did you did you realize at the end of it when um she killed her husband and the girlfriend was in the kitchen the girlfriend had a knife yes and so she was going to get blamed. Yes, it's a cyclical thing. She got murdered. That's how it happens. I loved when we finally saw Candyman and the parking structure and how he's introduced, where it's this booming voice, but he's so far away from her. Helen. Yes? Pretty incredible yeah. introduction, kind of iconic. Like, oh, because you know we saw we had just seen her getting beat up by someone who said he was the Candy Man, you know, mm-hmm. um, and is like obviously this is the real guy because there's that supernatural element to it. Yeah, and it's not just some copycat. Right, exactly. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to seeing it again because I haven't I saw this movie one time in 1995 when I was 15. Do the math. Guess how old I am now. <laughs> and I liked it back then. And in my head, I always thought, uh, oh, it's probably not that good anymore. 
And when we watched it this time, I thought, hey, this is a good movie, and I'm going to give it three stars. I'm going to give it three and a half. Ooh, we did a flip-flop from the last one. (laughs) Well, that's Candyman for you. Sending everyone sweets to the sweet. American General Pictures imprisons you in a bloody web of terror. Spider Baby has the seductive innocence of Lolita and the savage hunger of a black widow. Spider Baby will give you nightmares forever. No man that loves her lives to love another. Her sweet kisses engulf you in a bloody web of horror. Spider Baby will thrill you, then kill you. Starring Spider Baby and Lon Chaney. The 1968 dark comedy horror film Spider Baby was written and directed by Jack Hill, starring the ensemble cast of Lon Chaney Jr., Jill Banner, Carol Omart, Mary Mitchell, Carl Schnauzer, Quinn Redeker, Sid Haig, Beverly Washburn, and Mantan Moreland. We step into a story chock full of a large inheritance, genetic malady which causes regression, quirky characters, And every moment is that of macabre, and there's murder. So much murder. Michael, how much murder was in this? Oh, a whole lot of murder. So much. So much murder. And in so many creepy ways, too. There's a lot in this movie that's pretty wacky. Yes. And I loved it. It's great. It's so great. It was such a surprise. Um... So fun. It was uh, nothing like I expected. Right. Let's also call this movie by its proper name. Oh, yes, please. Spider Baby or The Maddest Story Ever Told. (laughs) It was pretty mad. Yeah, this movie's wild. Yeah. The scene that sticks in my head always is the murder of the delivery guy at the beginning. Because it's just this kind of like goofy sequence. He's coming up and sticks his head in the window. And then it's just cut up. Ear falling onto the floor. Mm -hmm. The way that Virginia just is holding the knives and just so playful about it all. Yeah. Puts a web over his head, a net over his head. Oh, my God. It's disturbing. It is. And then um, their caretaker walks up. And there's legs just sticking out of the living room window. And he's like, oh, not again. But let's <laughs> talk about the caretaker. You know who that is, right, Jill? Um, it's Lon Chaney, right? It's Lon Chaney Jr. Okay. Who Lon Chaney, the original Phantom of the Opera, Man of a Thousand Faces. But Lon Chaney Jr. was the original Universal Horror Wolfman. He mm. was in all these Universal Horror movies. He was the Wolfman in the Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein movie. Mm-hmm. Here, he's this beaten down alcoholic in real life mm. shell of what he used to be. And it's kind of hard to watch him like this, to be honest. Yeah. He's, you can tell he's not well. Yeah, he, he looks like he's lived rough, for and sure. And he sings the theme song, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, 
teenage monsters in haunted homes, a ghost on the stair, a vampire's bite. Better beware, <laughs> there's a full moon tonight. A ball, <laughs> Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in somebody's tummy. <laughs> I love, yes, and I love this theme song so much. Mm-hmm. That's super good. So great. I mean, I think the most wild thing and the reason that they're all there is because the three children, um, yes. Elizabeth, Virginia, and Ralph, all have this genetic condition. Um, because of inbreeding, mm-hmm. and they are regressing. Yes. So, it, but not just in one way. Like their evolutionary chain is going backwards, and mm-hmm. so it's like they got to a certain point. What was it like, age ten? Right. And then they just go backwards from there. But they're in adult bodies. Yes. So, it's. Like, and then it's not even just that. It's not like they're sweet humans. Mm -hmm. Like, for whatever reason, in that gene, they also got this, like, awful murderous gene, too. (laughs) Because all of them just are awful. Yeah. There's nothing cute about them. Nothing. I mean, remember when uh, Ralph goes and catches a cat for dinner? Uh Uh-huh. And and Virginia, I mean, her her classic move is like you mentioned before, it's throwing a, a web on someone and s- pretending to catch them in the web, and right. then taking two knives, crossing them like a chef, like a chef character, and walking towards them and going to town on them with knives. Spider baby. It's horrifying. This movie is hugely influential on Rob Zombie films. And films of that genre. This is a movie that he pulls from a lot. Mm -hmm. In fact, Sid Haig, who played Ralph, uh, is in a lot of his movies. He died, I think, last year, um, but is in many Rob Zombie movies. And is a madman as well. And Rob Zombie takes this kind of stuff to a whole new level Mm -hmm. that I'm not a huge fan of, to be honest. Some of the stuff he does, I've enjoyed, but... um, but Jack Hill, the director, is very well known for exploitation films. Have you ever heard of Coffee and Foxy Brown? Foxy and Brown, yes. Yeah, so a lot of like really big 70s exploitation, black exploitation, mm-hmm. um, really cool just 70s and late 60s horror stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is for sure my favorite of his. Well, something I really thought was cool was that it was, yes, it was scripted, but it felt like, I don't know, there was just such a quirkiness about mm-hmm. it that you don't get in films of that time. And it's low budget. I mean, it's outside yeah. the studio system. It's low budget. It's indie, it's independent filmmaking. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, and I think that's part of the charm. It's a dirty movie. Yeah, which I loved about it. Yep. It was not, it definitely was not overproduced. If this movie had been cleaned up too much, there it would not it wouldn't work the charm is in the grittiness of it yep and the care like i believe that these characters i believe that these actors are not well do you know what i mean oh yeah like 
I just, I, I imagine that set being crazy. Yeah, I was, I just keep thinking chaos, chaos. Like mm-hmm. the whole thing was chaotic. There was always something going on. Um, and just thinking about um, Bruno's character, how yeah. in the world would he even be able to keep his eyes on all three of those oh my God. kids? <laughs> like, it would just be a nightmare all the time. And um, he's just like this bumbling, like, oh, now what did I say? No more killing. No, right. more, spi- no more spider baby. <sighs> but obviously, he's just as evil and warped. You know, yeah, but he's I don't think he's in it for anything no. except to honor, yeah, the promise he made to their dad, yes. who, by the way, is still in the house, but yes. is a bunch of bones in mm-hmm. his bed. Well, I recommend this movie. It's fun, yes, it's it's kind of sleazy in a good way. Well, we're a couple of sleaze balls. We are so. sleaze balls. i'm I'm gonna give it three and a half. I'm giving it four. I, you know what? I was very interested to hear your thoughts. We watched this movie a few days ago. I haven't talked at all about it. And Are you went, surprised? This one, I just wasn't sure. And even as we watched it, I was like, I don't know if you'll like it, but I'm glad you did. It was great. And I think that's a testament to it just being a really good movie. Agree. Spider Baby. Something in the mist! Shut the doors! Shut the doors! The only way we're gonna help ourselves is to seek rescue. Tie this around your waist? Or four. It'll let us know you got at least 300 feet. There's nothing out there. Nothing in the mist. What if you're wrong? Then I guess. That joke would be on me. The mist. Based on a Stephen King short story directed by Frank Dearbont and starring Thomas Jane, Laurie Holden, and Marsha Gay Harden. When a storm brings a mist down from the mountains and into a small main town, a group of shoppers must deal with a slew of Lovecraftian creatures from another dimension. Clean up on aisle six. Jill, what'd you think? Oh, this was intense. It was um, very stressful for me to watch, but I enjoyed it. Okay. (laughs) Mostly until the end. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that a little bit later. (laughs) I typically enjoy Stephen King films, um, so I had a feeling there would be some of that camaraderie here, and I I did like it. Well, I think you've seen the right Stephen King films because there's a lot of Stephen King films that actually aren't pretty good. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he just has a track record of, well, not him, but some of his movies aren't always well made. I think what's interesting here is it's directed by Frank Dearbont, who directed two other Stephen King movies, uh, Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. Interesting. But before we go any further, I have to say I'm a little disappointed in something I did. What? Well... When Frank Dearbont originally had planned this movie out, he wanted to do two things. He wanted to have the ending that it had, and he wanted to shoot this thing in black and white. They said, you can keep the ending, but you have to shoot it in color. He went with that. But then after this came out on DVD, he released a black and white cut that is super good and makes this feel like a 1950s movie. 
Hmm. Because it already feels that way. It feels like a sci-fi movie from the 50s with a little bit more intensity, you know. But again, we're using... The actors are fine, but some of the choices, I think, are kind of cheesy. You get moments of maybe the CGI is not the best. Mm -hmm. But when you see it in black and white, it just makes it feel like you're watching something from the 50s. Mm. And it's so good. I still think the movie works perfectly fine in color. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And most of what I love about Stephen King is his short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his novels, but sometimes I feel like they're too long. Um, they seem a little bit more of a chore to me, but so yeah. I, I do like, I do like his short stories, but again, this, I mean, this is totally classic King. It's normal people dealing with, a extraordinary circumstance in a small town. Mm-hmm. You got a, a zealot character. Oh my God. Um, you know, so it's got like kind of all the tropes. Yeah, that he has, but I love that. I mean, that's what I want when I'm going to see a Stephen King uh-huh. movie. I want, I want that. Well, he he definitely did the uh, classic type of person in a situation mm-hmm. like this. Um, you mentioned the zealot, and I hated her. Yes. She was horrible. She she just really irritated me, and I wasn't mad when so- when somebody <sighs> shot her. Well, I think, and I think in the book, it's been a while, but I think in the book she wasn't as um, Christian. I think she was just more like kind of spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But I felt this worked. I mean, there's elements of this too. We were, you know, we're watching all these movies in 2020, so it's hard to not relate to things that are happening in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. And we're not quite here yet. Again, what did we what did we see a few weeks ago? Um, they live. Put these glasses mm-hmm. on. No, I refuse. Yeah. Here we have come into the back room. Let me show you this. No, I'm not going back there. It's just right. like come on, guys. Defiance. Defiance, just... and I refuse to do this. And yeah, I'm gonna go out there. I don't need to wear a mask. I'm just gonna <laughs> go outside. Well, you're gonna get eaten by a bug. It starts out, you know, like not that scary, of course. You don't just jump into it like you do with Spider Baby. It <laughs> just looks, if there's a storm, the guy goes into town with his kid, his wife's at home because they lost power and he's going to go get groceries. Mm-hmm. And in that short, like 10, 15 minute period of time, the mist fully rolls in mm-hmm. and they're going to be stuck there for a few days um, because they don't know what's going on and there's no communication. Cell phones don't work. Right. And everyone is just trying to figure out what has happened, but no one can communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. I mean, you can't see anything in the mist, but you know something's out there. Right. And then they start to be attacked by these creatures yep. because of dumb things that some of them have done. And deserved it. What? They deserved it. No. I'm kidding. What did um, you think of those creatures? 
the creatures were creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were definitely creepy. Um, they, you know, because they look like they could be some, like, very tiny insects that are just blown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that you see a microcosm of all kinds of people in one place and their reactions yes. right there. And the that's, like, real humanity. Yeah. And it's just, I've, yeah, I mean, the fact that they're all in like a shopping center too, you know, that they're in a, just doing a very benign task when this happens. Yeah. And all of them having to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, when the bugs did come in, they were flying around and uh, they they stung the checkout girl mm. or bit or whatever, but and mm-hmm. she had that. It's basically like a giant mosquito and had mm-hmm. that reaction, you know, that killed her. Yeah. It was just kind of this weird thing of like, oh, it didn't eat her, but it st- stung her, you yeah. know, and she died from that sting. And I'd say we move on to they go outside, they get in the car, mm-hmm. and let's talk about the ending. Oh. Did you see that ending coming at all? No, and it wrecked me. Like, I had to detox from that. Seriously, I was like, we have to watch something funny right now because I... Couldn't deal. Uh-huh. Couldn't deal. Yeah. I mean, it just... Because the way they show it, so you all have seen it, but they make a pact like, okay, this is the end. We're going to kill ourselves. There's four bullets and five people. So he kills all four of them and is like, he hears stuff coming and he's like, come get me just so he can be eaten or squashed or whatever and it's freaking tanks had they waited literally not just tanks the end of the mist too i mean it was like the end of it they were clearing it out everything's done people are being rescued tanks are coming in like and he's watching them all go by and he like i think if he had an extra bullet he would have put it through himself oh for sure i mean how do you live with that and it's it was so horrible like i just felt sick about it well that is not how the book ends really the book ends with them driving on into the mist um why did they do that in the movie because it gets the reaction that you're having you know (laughs) i'm so predictable (laughs) I can see how you would make, you know, we've seen what they do to the bodies. They don't just typically eat them up. Sometimes they take them and they put them in cocoons and who knows how long they die in those cocoons. And I Mm -hmm. see there's a situation where you make a decision. Do I want to die this way? Do I want my child to die this way? Or if we're going to die, what's the other option? But I feel like they all came to this very quickly. Right. And with with giving each other a wink and a nod, I know what, yep, you can do this, you know. Yeah. Without even having any kind of discussion or any kind of other, is there any other way? Right. I think the scene works. I do. I really, like, I. It was powerful. Yeah. For sure. It def- it deeply affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm just like, no, hell no. Mm. I am not, no, I am fighting. I yeah. am going to keep going. I yeah. don't care if I get eaten by a monster. I'm not going to go that way. I mean, I, we're talking about like shooting our kid, right? So that's the thing. It's Dude, like, that's the no last way. resort. No way. Not because my car ran out of gas 
And Seriously. Like, oh, okay, that's just yeah. it. We're not going to try and walk. We're right. not going to wait a little bit. It pissed me off big time. It made me really angry that mm-hmm. it ended like that. But I think it's okay. Like, I think it's okay to re- have a reaction like that and still like the movie. I mean, that's what that's what this movie is, and that ending is a huge part of this movie and a huge part mm-hmm. of what this movie has become and the reputation it has. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie is much more than just the ending. I think the whole movie works, and then this ending is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely fun to watch it again. It's been a while since I've seen it, and I think it really holds up. It's a new kind of little horror sci-fi classic. Yeah, I dug it. I dug it. Can Let's I give? Can I give my? Uh, give it, please do. I I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say a four. Oh, interesting. Out of five. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Cool. Um, yeah, solid movie. Cool stuff. The mist. <laughs> ah, you know what that sound means. This episode has come to an end. But don't worry, because we're watching movies all month long, and in a few days you'll have the next episode. Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Townhouse of Terror Pod. And send us your thoughts in an email at townhouseofterrorpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please, pretty please, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. All right, Jill, we've got seven more movies, and then after that, the final three. Ooh! So that's ten. So we have ten movies, but the way we're looking at it is, that's how it is. Oh my god, we're almost done. We're almost done. So I'm excited. I will be posting the next batch of movies on our Instagram account in the next day or so. Actually, I'll be posting it as soon as this episode drops, so check there. And if you're listening to this a year, two years, five years down the road, none of that matters, but... I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Mm-hmm. Until next time, this is Michael. And this is Jill. And this is Townhouse, Townhouse of Terror. Terror.